0: Coming up on A Travel Companion Podcast, I sit down with Patrick Hall, researcher at the Bright Blue Think Tank. Patrick is here in the studio to talk about sustainable travel and why air travel is more sustainable than you think. Uh, we talk about emerging responsible tourism trends. We talk about pragmatism versus idealism, uh, climate action's key debates space to get a funding boost, ethical questions to consider, as well as the no-fly list. Stay tuned for this week in Sustainable Travel, a Travel Companion podcast. There we go. So we're here with uh, Patrick. Hi, Patrick. How are you? Hi,
1: Peter. No, very good. Thank you.
0: Good, good. Patrick is from uh, New Zealand. He's working for an independent think tank called Bright Blue, um, which is a... uh, Think Tank uh, Advocating for uh, Liberal Conservative Ideas and Policies, according to Wikipedia. Uh, do I have that correct That's so correct. far? That's yeah. correct. Good. And um, yeah, I believe from what I saw from your website, uh, this is quite important for you. The future of energy, uh, natural environment, sustainability, international development, correct? Yeah, so, it's one
1: yeah. of our key research themes. Right. Now,
0: if I look on Google, uh, Google is your friend, I guess, sometimes, (laughs) (laughs) then I look for global aviation, uh, greenhouse gas emissions, and uh, I search for that. And what comes up is airlines, CO2 emissions rising up to 70% faster than predicted. We see here that airline emissions could rocket 700% by 2050. Um, all doom and gloom but there was an article in Prospect uh, magazine um, written by you and it says why travel is actually more sustainable than you think which is a very courageous uh, article and I think <laughs> something that people should really know about as well because it makes actually yeah. A lot of sense.
1: Absolutely. I think that the, the reason and my motivation for writing that was not so much to uh, absolve aviation from any responsibility regarding carbon emissions. It was more that when you speak to people, uh, they don't really know anything that aviation is doing uh, to combat climate change uh, and to increase sustainability in the aviation sector. So my my motive for writing that was really just to highlight some of the things that the aviation industry is doing, um, rather than providing a um, free pass for aviation on climate.
0: Sure, no, that 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 is absolutely uh, correct as well. I spoke to a lot of um, uh, airlines, uh, I spoke to um, uh, airports, and they're doing actually a lot from their side. Um, and what what you actually say in your article is 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 flying really as bad for the environment as you think? Because obviously we have protest that Heathrow. people are flying drones mm-hmm. to disrupt traffic which is yeah. very dangerous obviously yeah um, but uh, uh the, the one of the groups that does this which i interviewed last week was uh, extinction rebellion mm-hmm. And they say that any disruption that might be caused uh, to travel is nothing compared to the imminent climate uh, breakdown that we are facing. Um, but um, you uh, believe uh, uh, that it's not as bad for the environment. And there are a lot of efforts on its way to really uh, improve things further. And as a matter of fact, what, it, what you say is that global aviation um, only contributes 2% of greenhouse gases emissions worldwide.
1: Correct. Yeah,
0: yeah. this—that's uh, not as bad as it sounds, is it? Uh, no.
1: Well, you would assume that it'd be a lot higher, and when you uh, when we see people like Extinction Rebellion out at Heathrow uh, protesting, um, it's people are surprised to learn that actually aviation uh, only contributes two percent. Now, two percent is still a, a very high figure, and it's too high, uh, and we should be looking to bring that down. Mm-hmm. But. It's just interesting to highlight that because a lot of people don't realize that it's uh, 2%. A lot of people think that it'd be much higher.
0: Yeah, I think articles that I saw, that say something like 12%, 15%. Mm, no, that's is completely wrong. Completely wrong. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Completely wrong. Yeah. So, um, and, and they, they obviously, as you mentioned already, the industry is doing a lot, really, uh, from their sides. Do you think that might have something to do as well with some of the protests that um, have been going on? Or is that just something that they've been doing all along and they're just, you know, accelerating because of the... Um, emphasis on it uh, right now. What do you think? I think the
1: protesters' message is uh, a true one and I agree with it. I think that um, climate change is a very serious issue I think that we aren't moving fast enough on it uh, and aviation definitely has a role to play in that mm-hmm. The Where I take issue I suppose and we can talk about this a little bit in terms of numbers, mm-hmm. is that aviation is targeted uh, by these uh, activist groups but they're not consistent in their approach because the uh, emissions from a full capacity modern jet airliner, for example, a Boeing 787-900. Yeah.
0: is that a new airliner? Yes, a it's new been, of, yeah. a
1: new one of the newest wide body yeah. aircrafts on okay. the market at the moment. Yeah, and if you compare the fuel burn of that uh, per passenger head to uh, a modern vehicle, yeah, it's almost identical. Mm. So, if these groups are going to go out and attack uh, people that use air transport and yeah. um, they also need to be attacking people that travel by cars on the ground as well, because the impact on climate is essentially the same.
0: Maybe that's next on their agenda. Well, it very, it very well could be,
1: but I, yeah. I just um, I take issue with people that mm-hmm. can criticise one group of people and not the other when they contribute the same uh, to climate change.
0: Yeah, you, you say here in your article that that, that uh, some new aircraft uh, they use less than three litres of jet fuel per uh, hundred passenger kilometers, and that's the uh, same as modern compact vehicles. What what kind of vehicles are we looking at, uh, if you say?
1: Uh, modern f- four-seater sedan vehicles. I can run you through the numbers if, if yeah, you're not? Yeah, yeah. yeah, that'd be very good. Sure. Yeah, of course, okay, yeah. so yeah. put our mathematic hats on for a minute. Of course. <laughs> so I that, hope I, I, I can follow up. <laughs> <laughs> So the fuel burn on a, on a Boeing 787, which yes. was the aircraft that I mentioned to you before, the new wide-body Boeing aircraft, mm-hmm. is 4,700 kilograms an hour. Um, whilst travelling at 850 kilometres an hour. Is that Um, typical? That's typical cruising speed, uh, 850 kilometres an hour. So that is burning 5.53 kilograms per kilometre, and if that aircraft is carrying 300 people, that equates to 0.018 kilogram per person per hour in fuel burn. Um, So then you compare that to a medium to large four-seater sedan, a modern sedan, uh, which uses 6.5 kilograms an hour whilst travelling at 100 kilometres an hour, uh, so in other words, that burns about 0.065 kilograms per kilometre, but it's only carrying four people. So if you get 300 people, mm-hmm. so 300 people from the from the aircraft, yep. and you put them in to spread them across 75 cars, you'd be using a total of 4.86 kilograms of fuel per kilometre, which equates to 0.016 kilogram per person per hour. So if you compare that with... The aircraft, that was 0.018 kilograms per person per hour for the Boeing 787. And for the car, it's 0.016 kilograms per person per hour. Mm -hmm. So the difference is minimal. It's only slightly more efficient to travel in a car. But that's assuming, first, that this is a modern vehicle, not an old one. Okay. And secondly, cars don't travel in straight lines from point A to point B like aircraft. Did. Sure. They can take longer routes. So, um, you know, it really depends on the route. And
0: also they take more gas when they, you know, stop and start at Sh- light like sure. thing as well. exactly. So there's a lot more things around Is <laughs> that the same with aircraft, though, when they get off the floor, basically, and when they land? It's, uh, when they, they take, take more off, as well, it depends
1: yeah. on the airport, but essentially yeah. if they take off... Um, uh, they have to adjust their speed in accordance with their traffic control, sure. and once they reach their cruising altitude, which is typically anywhere between twenty to thirty-eight thousand feet, okay. they have a consistent cruise speed for the majority of the flight, okay. weather dependent, and then descend. So, yeah.
0: Okay, that, 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 that's actually very enlightening. Um, uh, thank you for that. I believe that you said something in um, about airspace uh, changes since the 1950s and yeah. outdated flight paths. What, 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 what kind of difference does it make and what can a government do to really in, improve that?
1: Okay, so if you think about uh, airspace, so this is talking to airspace modernization. Yep. If you think about it, uh, basically planes don't take off and just go wherever they like. They, there is actually a network of, I suppose, roads in the sky which mm-hmm. planes follow, and they're directed onto these uh, roads by air traffic control. Mm-hmm. So, these roads or maybe pathways is probably a better term to use, haven't been significantly altered since 1950. Okay. But you think about what's changed since why, the 50s. Why is
0: that? Why, why haven't they been changed um,
1: Well, that's a very good question, Peter. <laughs> I think a lot of people are wondering that. Um, <laughs> and uh, but thankfully, civil aviation is now um, is now undertaking airspace modernisation. So the flight paths are going to change. Okay. Um, and. It, It's going to increase efficiencies because if you think about the aircraft that were around in the 1950s and then you think about passenger aircraft today, their capability to ascend and descend, uh, they can ascend a lot faster than uh, the aircraft from the 50s. Uh, So it's essentially going to open up more pathways for aircraft to travel on. They'll be able to climb faster, which means less time in holding patterns, less time burning fuel, more direct flight routes. Um, so this is going to increase efficiencies, uh, reduce flight times, reduce delays, and ultimately reduce fuel burn, which but it
0: has to happen in most countries around the world. Right?
1: Yeah, absolutely, it does. But this is just highlighting something that the UK is doing at U- the moment. UK, right. okay, they're yeah. doing it right now. Yeah, yeah, they okay. uh, um, They haven't given a release date yet, or at least they haven't done that publicly. But yeah. um,
0: and what kind of reduction in, in, in uh, greenhouse gases? Well, we we, we don't know
1: because right? they they haven't uh, made the uh, the updates to the, the airspace modernization. They haven't made it publicly available yet, so mm-hmm. we're not able to calculate what the reductions in um, efficiencies would be. But when that comes out, that would certainly be something interesting to look at.
0: Yeah, no, that, 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 that makes uh, total sense. And and you, what you say is that uh, carbon offsetting is another initiative? Um...
1: Yeah, offsetting is, is an interesting one. It, it's quite controversial uh, for two reasons, really. The first is that um there are concerns around lack of transparency with offsetting okay. and whether it's genuine. So Should it be example, regulated?
0: Is that what you're saying? Or
1: um,
0: was regulation too much?
1: I don't know. The question would be how would you regulate that? A lot of these offsets are um, are, are international, so you, um, you pay to offset your emissions and then that offset takes place on the other side of the planet. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but one of the big concerns there is that you're paying to often to these offsetting like companies that do offsetting yep. for other organizations and whether that is whether they're genuinely doing it um, just planting a tree mm-hmm. and that tree growing and then cutting it down and using that for timber I mean that's sort of major major offset null and void hasn't it so sure. that's one of the big concerns and the other one is harm on people um, uh, it, it's no good uh, paying for an offset If that offsets then going to plant a whole load of trees and the example that i used in the article was uh, there was a case where they planted a large forest in south america but in order to get the land to do it they had to push a whole lot of south american native tribes off their land to make way for the tree plantation Mm -hmm. um and so that Raises the whole question of uh, morals and ethics. Sure, and, and uh, it's I don't like th-
0: you don't know where the money is going, if it's being used what they say, and what effects it might have on the on the exactly uh, you know on the population that's there. Exactly. Is.
1: So if you can if you yeah. can do offsetting yeah. mm-hmm. that is genuine, it's transparent, and it's not causing harm to other people, yeah. then it works. Okay,
0: okay. Fair, fair enough. Is it not a good case of like you know people that fly can just pay a little bit more money and feel better about themselves? Um,
1: yeah, I mean. Is that yeah. what it is now? Well, offsetting yeah. in terms of, well, no. You we think it's a good thing? I think it's a good thing. I think okay. it's a, genuinely a good thing um, as long as it's done correctly.
0: Okay, and then sustainable fuel. Mm-hmm. That's obviously. Uh, I read an article as well very recently. Uh, was from the uh, I think CEO of, of of one of the British Airways, I believe. They're going to um, implement that, but it's up until two thousand and fifty. We're going to have a mix because we can't just switch over, and you know. Something that uh, Extinction Rebellion is saying, like two thousand
1: twenty-five, it's totally unrealistic. Yeah, that's that's completely unrealistic. Yeah.
0: So what what can they do with um, biofuel and other uh, sustainable uh, aircraft fuels? I think that with, makes a difference. You think?
1: Yeah? With biofuel, um, let's sort of shift away from that because. Biofuels are actually not really seen as the future of no. sustainable fuels. No, because okay. there are a lot of concerns around uh, them using large swathes of arable land, which yeah. could be used for agriculture, yeah. and that's being taken out of production in order to grow palm oil rapeseed for biofuels. Yeah. Um, and actually, the, the use of palm oil in biofuels has um, climate concerns of its own. Yeah. So, um, biofuels are—they sort of came into use around two thousand and eight, I believe. Um, but they're not really touted as the future of sustainable fuels. Other okay. examples such as um, waste-to-jet fuel programs, which I think is what the one that you're referring to with British Airways, okay. um, is they're in a trial phase at the moment, but essentially it's the idea of taking waste and then putting it into a reactor um, and... and and then using the byproduct of that to create a biofuel, which will be mixed mixed with the with normal conventional fuel. fuel yeah, yeah. that's At why I mentioned
0: something like two thousand and fifty before. Yeah. it's yeah. going totally like either electric or is that is that in the future electrical? Yeah, uh, it's in of, the future.
1: Or? It's in the medium to longer term future. Electric propulsion systems, but yeah. it certainly is something. Um, but in the short term future, yeah. uh, sustainable aviation fuels uh, is. Is re, uh, in terms of like waste to jet fuel programs mm-hmm. is really where that's heading. Okay. Um, yeah, and it usually uh, the con- the mixing of um, sustainable fuels with conventional fossil fuels at the moment the ratio is often in like 95 to 5 percent. Um, uh, sustainable fuels, ninety five percent being fossil fuel. Yeah. Um, I believe in one of the other articles that we're going to discuss today. United Airlines got that ratio exactly uh, yeah. a lot more impressive. But um, typically, it's ninety five to five. But it'd be good to see that change. A little yeah,
0: more. I saw something as well. Norway is like having they're saying they're going totally electric with in, in internal flights at a certain point. Norwegian, Norwegian, yeah,
1: yeah. Norwegian is a is a real leader on sustainability. They've got one of the most modern aircraft f- fleet, and as a result, they have some of the lowest emissions um, um, so it's possible yeah I mean it is possible they're also discussing things in New Zealand at the moment um, where for very very short flights they use uh, essentially what is a, a massive drone um, as a, a completely electric okay. um, or you can have like a hybrid system so obviously the takeoff requires more energy yep. but once you're up in the cruise altitude you require less energy um, for like hybrid bullshit. cars
0: almost is it
1: yeah, essentially. So mm-hmm. that's another option. But these ideas are a little bit abstract and they're probably something that's at least 10 or 20 years away. Right. Um, for the so short term.
0: 2050, basically, then,
1: is Well, maybe, maybe a little bit earlier. Um, yeah. yeah, well, we'd have to see, really. It's not so clear.
0: Okay. And if you look at the, the history, you, you say in your article, uh, if you look at the uh, jet art, air, aircrafts of the 1960s, today's mm-hmm. aircrafts are like 80% more fuel efficient. It's, do you think today's that, aircraft yeah, are 80% yeah, yeah, more, more efficient? So, yeah. you think that's a trend that will continue, basically? Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Will I mean, it accelerate because of the uh, you know, of the trend to be more sustainable? It's
1: um, I don't, uh, it is not so easy just to say let's make aircraft more fuel efficient because, um, obviously, you're demanding the same amount of power from an engine mm-hmm. with less input less fuel so it's it's from an engineering perspective it's very challenging um but it can be done i think that i'll come back to this boeing 787 yeah uh, as the best example of this it's um its predecessor was the boeing 767 okay. which is still but it's next. not the one with the cracks what the 787 the previous
0: one yeah, it's not the one that had all the cracks and they had to like uh that is like, I think it's Ryanair, they had to put all those boings, uh to have them tested. So oh, no, that's the seven, uh,
1: 737 oh, that's MAX. The 737 MAX, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah no, yeah, no it's, yeah. it's not that one. Okay. Um, <laughs> so the, the 787 is the new version, is the latest uh, aircraft, and its predecessor is the 767. Yeah. Uh, the 787 is 25% more fuel efficient than the 767. Um, okay. uh, and that's taken place over the last 20, 30 years.
0: How long are these aircrafts in the air before they are taken out of uh, circulation?
1: Uh, well, the 767 has been flying for about 25, 30 years. 25, 30 years. Yeah. I, I, so based on that, I would say that probably... 20. Oh,
0: 20 years 25 years 20, for the new, yep. the new ones so yep. it will take also for the less efficient uh, aircraft quite a substantial time to be taken out of circulation well yeah given because the, it costs money doesn't
1: exactly. it? exactly aircraft are exceptionally expensive they cost yep. hundreds of millions of dollars so yeah. um, when you buy them you hold on to them
0: from, you hold on to yeah them. so okay so yeah. it'll take a while and you think that that that's you know push from united nations uh, and and uh, all kinds of groups and uh, governments might Make a change in that might make um, you know well, airlines, uh, change changing more quickly.
1: Maybe, but it's yeah. it's. Um I- airlines have to be able to make a profit, uh, don't they? And, yeah, they do. If, yeah, yeah. if they can't afford to be buying new aircraft all the time, then um, they're not going to be able to. Norwegian, for example, mm-hmm. uh, went through massive, uh, really rapid fleet expansion with the latest aircraft, which is fantastic for sustainability. Yeah. But um, if you look at their balance sheets at the moment, they're not so good. So, <laughs> okay. So, um, as long as they
0: don't go out of business. Yeah, well, right.
1: that's been uh, up in the air at the moment. But, <laughs> yeah.
0: All right, fair enough. Okay, so um, next topic, uh, obviously, has very much uh, to do with what we're talking about, mm-hmm. is the trends in, in tourism. You're yourself are from New Zealand, so every once in a while you fly up and down as well. It's a yeah. very long flight. How long is that, 24 hours? Uh, uh,
1: well, uh, excluding the transit, 28.
0: 20, 28. Hours 28, right. but usually
1: wow. it takes me, I usually stop for five hours on the ground yeah. to... Exercise the leagues more yeah. or not. So yeah, that, and obviously yeah. that's
0: not not something you're going to change because if you see your family, you know, yeah, uh, exactly. And
1: I don't really have another choice. I could yeah. sit on a cargo ship for four yeah. weeks, but. Um,
0: <laughs> so what do you think of uh, yeah. Flick scam and uh, you know um, and flight shame and people saying, well, you know, you should fly less and. Yeah,
1: I I think yeah. there's two points on this. Okay. One. If you're going to have flight shame, you need to have driver shame because we've just highlighted that there's almost no difference. So and if you're going to stop flying because of the climate, then either buy an EV or stop driving mm. because otherwise you're not being consistent with your argument and your principles. And the second point is mm. um, that scum is, uh, is, a, is a fair argument in the sense that uh, aviation contributes to climate and not flying is good for the climate. Yeah. But you can't expect people to just not travel. You have to provide a reasonable alternative. Um, the easiest example that comes to mind is probably the Eurostar to, uh, to, to Amsterdam, isn't it? And we yep. can discuss that a little later. But yeah. um, if the Eurostar is, I went to Amsterdam a couple of weeks ago, by train? No, but, and because, yeah. because it was so expensive. It's bloody expensive. It was blo- it was really expensive. It's really expensive. You expect people to pay that. 300
0: pounds or something like that, yeah. right? So it's it's like was. It was. Yeah. It was
1: 150 pounds there, and it was 300 pounds return on That's a Sunday evening. I don't have 450 pounds no. to spend on a train. Instead, I paid 66 pounds and got a return flight.
0: Yeah, is that because you know aviation, aviation taxes and stuff like that is, is non-existent, basically? Uh, or why do you think that is? Well, why are the, the, subsidized, and why are trains not subsidized? Like, some countries now... Um, I've mentioned in a previous podcast as well, Luxembourg, uh, All public transport is free, for example. Why don't they subsidise trains and uh, other public transport?
1: They could do. I mean, the, the question is, uh, I don't think that the reason that flights are so cheap is because there isn't a tax on aviation fuel. That's a contributing factor, but I don't okay. believe that's entirely why. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of trains, it <clears throat> no, and making trains uh, cheaper, yeah, I don't have the answers for that. right here today, but I think that this is something that policymakers should be considering. If we want people to shift away from aviation and use other forms of high speed transport on the ground like trains yeah. then you need to make it more affordable otherwise people simply aren't going to switch to it's um, they say well, it's transport. affordable you
0: can get a train ticket for like 60 pounds if you book like six months in advance most likely which is not what most people do that is go online yeah. they look for a flight or, or a train they see the train is 450 quid and you know obviously it takes longer as well at least mm. on, on on paper in mm. reality it's almost the same thing i think though
1: yeah it depends on your distance but roughly yeah when you factor in time going to the airport, processing Waiting. security, yeah, and all the rest of yeah, it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah no, but I, I think that the term to be used here is a reasonable alternative. Right. If there is a reasonable alternative to flying, mm-hmm. absolutely. If the train is going to take four hours to Amsterdam and yep. it's going to cost you the same as the flight, take the train. Of course. But the problem is it doesn't cost the same. It doesn't. costs a hell of a lot more. Yeah. So um, until there is a reasonable alternative, I don't think that you can expect people to stop flying.
0: Can you expect people to fly less or...?
1: Um, no, I don't think oh, okay. so. No, I don't think so. Not unless a reasonable alternative is provided.
0: That's what they're saying, though. That's what people are really... That people know, ask of flying yeah, less. Yeah, yeah, I mean,
1: if they if they choose to fly less, all power to them, and <laughs> yeah. great. But don't expect everyone to do that. Yeah,
0: no, fair yeah. enough. Also, I think that people who have been working all year and have like one or two weeks of holiday and yeah. they have to, they're not going to sit in their own country where it might be raining. They yeah. have to go somewhere where the sun is shining. And so if you only have two weeks, you can't... Just take a train or take public transport down there because you know it's just a lot more expensive. It takes a lot. It's too slow. What
1: if you want to go to? If we all stop flying, um, what if you want to go to the United States? How are you going to get there? You're going to travel under the. They say don't
0: go, don't go. Why would you go to
1: the United States? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think we could talk a bit about that, but we probably shouldn't.
0: (laughs) Okay, fair enough. So uh, Eurostar, yeah, they have actually the busiest August uh, because uh, passengers, what they say, Mm. uh, they're seeking alternatives to to flying. So the CEOs are very happy. Mm -hmm. Might just be a phase. Uh, I don't know. Do you think it's a phase? You're talking about
1: KLM? No, just, just talking about
0: in uh, talking about uh, in, in, uh, just what, what you did. Uh, you, you went to Amsterdam, but people are taking a train as opposed to, especially, I should say, from the Nordic countries. They're very much into like Sweden and Norway, and that might just be because of, of what's happening right now, mm-hmm. but also because I think they have much longer holidays, so they can afford to take a little bit more time to travel yeah. by, by, by transport such as trains. But yeah. um, do you think this, this is a phase? This might go away again? Um, it, it, or do you think this might stay for the next couple of years? Uh, because obviously I think it'll, very, yeah, okay.
1: it'll be around to stay. I think that the the whole discussion around climate isn't going anywhere. Uh, mm, and, okay. and unless if there's continuous inaction on climate, then in the, it's only going to get louder. Um, but as I say, I come back to my point. Unless mm. Until there are reasonable alternatives, same cost, similar travel time uh, of ground-based transport yeah. compared to air... Then um, that cannot be expected to be uh, greatly shifted.
0: Do you think that can come from authority, governments? I think that like
1: government that? certainly could have a role to play in that.
0: Mm. Um, what kind of role do you envision?
1: Well, there's lots of policy levers you could pull um, with fiscal policy. Uh, you could look at subsidies are one option. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, tax breaks for um, for rail companies. Um, yeah, no, these these are just some things that are coming to my head right now. But, sure. Um, it's certainly something that policymakers and legislators need to be thinking about if they want people to get out of the skies and onto the ground in terms of transport.
0: Fair enough. Okay. Then we have, indeed, now we're talking about KLM. Uh, KLM has uh, called on its passengers to fly less. Is that hypocritical? Is that something that's actually mean? Or is that just because they have less flight routes anyway? Someone told me, so they're just taking advantage to get in the good books of... Uh, it depends.
1: If do you, if I want to be cynical about it, I'd yeah, say they replaced that. They <laughs> replaced that service. Um, so they have, I believe, it's four flights a day um, between Amsterdam and Brussels, and they've yep. replaced one of them with a train. Mm-hmm. So that kind It's twenty five percent. True, but it is a bit. It's it could be perceived as maybe a bit tokenism. Um, okay. You know, we've done we've done this. That's the cynical view. But then um, the other side to that is that actually it's a positive thing. Good on them for doing it, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is an example of a reasonable alternative, because you're paying the same price as your air ticket, yeah. and the travel time between Brussels and Amsterdam on the train is two hours. So, yeah, by it's the probably time, better done. Yeah, it almost hmm. could be quicker, actually, when you think about processing security at airports and everything. So um, no, that's, that's an example of a reasonable alternative, uh, and that's why it works. So they're great.
0: Fair enough, fair enough. And then the EU um, is, coming back to the aviation fuel tax, uh, they are considering Mm. a tax now on aviation fuel, so they might think it might make a difference, though. Mm. Um, uh, France already has Mm. done that. They're introducing an eco-tax on flying. Uh, So it just makes flying more expensive and more on the same level right. as alternative to types of transport, such as trains. What do, mm-hmm. what, do, what do you think about taxes on everything? France is obviously known for taxing people. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so um, I Ital- Italy as well, but they tax everything. <laughs> Go ahead.
1: Yeah. I think, you know, fine if you want to have a tax on, um, on aviation fuel, mm-hmm. uh, but people need to be... a bit. Need to be aware that this won't be paid by airlines. They're just going to internalise it into their prices, and the consumers will pay it. Yeah. So um, that so
0: means there will be more yeah, one line between the yeah. pricing of, of public transport, such as trains and, and flying. Right? Yeah. It will be more even. Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah. But um, yeah. So, uh, but people need to be aware that this is not airlines paying their fair share. They're just going to increase the prices on your airfares, and sure. you will pay it if you are prepared to do that. Then fantastic. Yeah. Uh, on, well, on are the, you are you prepared to do that?
0: Pay a little um, bit more
1: to fly. It depends how much more, because if... 25%? mm, No. Not unless that money is then used in another way Mm -hmm. to reduce travel costs for another form of transport. Because I don't think it's fair to say to all consumers right we're making travel more inaccessible for all of you and remember the people that will be hit hardest by this aren't the businessmen aren't no, the frequent no, no, flyers yeah, money anyway. exactly yeah, yeah, they're yeah, going yeah. to be flying regardless it's the uh it's the uh lower income households and families and people uh, who mm-hmm. used Might to be on able a holiday to, yeah they could <laughs> get a 33 pound uh, deal on easyjet to spain mm-hmm. um that's the people that are going to be locked out of all the right. market here so um yeah, I'm not sure that that's really a solution. Uh, and on the topic of France, yeah. um, on their eco tax, mm-hmm. uh, so w- what the proposal actually was was one euro fifty for an uh, in tax for uh, an economy flight within the EU. Okay. Uh, it's not bus- that much, is it? No, it's nothing. And a business class flight beyond the EU mm-hmm. was eighteen euros. So. Is this really making a difference? I mean, if a flight's one euro fifty more for me, it's going to make no difference whether I fly on it or not. Um, yeah. So the question really here is, uh, will that curb demand and address climate, or is it actually a money grab by the government? Given, is that what you think, money grab? Uh, well, it could be. I mean, the, the revenue that it will generate mm-hmm. next year is yeah. predicted to be €180 million. Euros. Um, so in the grand scheme of things, it's not huge. But um, it, it's... There's money coming in here, but do you think that? I that's don't think to it goes money? anywhere.
0: I don't really believe in, in that much in charities, and uh, I mean, just to give you an example, Bob Geldof, obviously, had uh, the Africa thing for in Ethiopia. Yeah. They're using the money to basically buy, buy, you know, weapons and wipe uh, yeah. out villages. Uh, that's what the uh, president there did. So, um, I, I don't think money. They say that these causes, uh, you may be lucky. If, if 7% actually gets where it has to go. Mm. So I think that will not be different, as a matter of fact, uh, by taxing. Mm. I think that it's a money grab. Just I, 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 I of, do, uh,
1: especially when yeah. you consider that it's at 1 euro 50 uh, yeah. per economy flight within Europe. I mean, that's going to make no difference. to. Yeah. Um, but you say they're going
0: to charge more for business class. Why won't they do that? Is, is it,
1: well, it's, business class is more carbon intensive because right you're using up more of the aircraft, essentially. Okay. Um, so you, you're simply using up more floor space within the plane, which means less people can go on the plane, so mm-hmm. per per passenger fuel burn yep. is increased as a result.
0: But not 12 times more, is it?
1: Uh, well, I haven't done the sums on that, so well, I couldn't tell you indefinitely. 1.50? 1, um,
0: fifteen, prob- Probably not 12 or... times more, <laughs> no, but,
1: um, but also remember that, that that figure, 18 euros, is for business class flights beyond the EU. So ah, beyond the EU. Yeah, beyond Band-up. the okay, EU, sorry. so that could be flying Band-up. to San Francisco, yeah. for example.
0: Okay. Then the airlines. I've, I've actually spoken to quite a few airlines. Mm-hmm. And we, I saw an article that was uh, two years ago, October 25th. United Airlines, they pledged $40 million, which is then not that much either in the grand scheme, is it? No, no, not.
1: not, not okay. pays, no. But they're making
0: an effort. They're uh, further decarbonizing commercial air travel, and they yeah. have done quite a bit. Um, they're investing uh, quite a bit as well in sustainable aviation fuels. Um uh, so, but uh, you say that might not be uh, the right thing to do, or depending on the, what kind of biofuel they...
1: Well, no, produce. sustainable aviation fuels, yeah. a- <clears throat> absolutely. Oh, okay. And yeah. biofuels is, is, is where you want to stay away from. Sure, at. okay. So, no, this is very positive. This is very positive. Yeah. Yep.
0: Okay. And then it's, uh, as well, the first airline to fly via Boeing's uh, split uh, schematar winglets. And that's something that you mentioned in your article as well.
1: Yeah, I wasn't talking about the split schematar winglet, just winglets in general and their mm-hmm. ability to break up um, vortices, which create drag okay. and slow the aircraft down and increase fuel burn. Okay. Um, so winglets have a, um, uh, what is it, a 2% reduction in... Um, and fuel burn, okay. in terms of increasing efficiencies. Okay. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And they say uh, the uh, president, Scott
0: Kirby, said we aspire to be the airline leading the revolution to fight climate change. When airlines do this, like KLM and obviously uh, this one here, you know, United Airlines, do you think they're just taking advantage of the situation or they're actually doing something?
1: Um, I think that they, we shouldn't criticize them so much for it, because Mm -hmm. there's nothing here that's inherently negative. Sure. But again, if you want to be skeptical about this, you could say, Mm. is this just PR?
0: Personally, it is PR, most likely. But (coughs) I think that these companies should be actually, you know, you should say this is a good thing, what they're doing. If you're saying, oh, this is just greenwashing or Mm. or whatever, then Mm. they're not going to do it anymore. Why would they do it? If everyone says, well, you're just doing it because, you know, you want to be in the good books of the people. But um, I, I think they should, uh, people should say, well, great. You know, mm. No, absolutely. Same, yeah? you I
1: think that? it's also easier for airlines in the United States to do this because um, Los Angeles yeah. is one of the most environmentally friendly airports. LAX. Yep, LAX, okay. because they have a commercial-scale um, uh, sustainable aviation fuel plant at the airport. Okay. So your ability to fuel up your aircraft with sustainable aviation fuels is a lot easier at LAX than it is here at Heathrow. Right, um, so
0: is that something that they can change
1: in the u k yep, absolutely. The government needs to really get on board with maturing the market of sustainable aviation fuels and um, supporting their development. There's Is that something that you're lobbying for? Well, I'm not me personally, but I'd certainly be in favour of it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Th- yeah. Th- fair, fair there's, there's, you know, There's an example right there of something the government could do to help s- um, sustainability and right.
0: Do you think they will do that over the next few
1: years? Well, they haven't indicated that they're going to. Um, no. So. But I would like them to. You yeah. would like them to,
0: yeah. yeah. Uh, fair, fair, fair enough. So then, uh, obviously, also, uh, in this month, it says that flight shame could halve the growth in air traffic. Well, that's growth in air traffic. Obviously, that has nothing to do, actually, with uh, what might actually happen. Exactly.
1: And the other key word in that sentence is could. Could. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. And obviously, they're talking about the Swedish girl, uh, Greta von uh, yeah. What yeah. do you think about her?
1: I think, you know, uh, there's a lot of bad negativity around her. I think good on her. You know, she's she's really shone the spotlight on a very important issue. Yeah. Um. Now that I think most of the world is on board with her message, and now we need to be discussing. Okay, we're in agreement. We're in agreement here. So what are we going to do?
0: Is she not um, going too far? Uh, Just playing devil's of, advocate here, you see, not being a little bit because, you know, you, you see all, all kinds of uh, nasty comments about her as well.
1: <coughs> well. I mean, you've got to remember, she's a 16-year-old girl, and yeah. she's uh, certainly m- brought climate to the forefront of the debate worldwide, so mm-hmm. I think she deserves to be commended for that. Okay. Um, in terms of her promoting people not flying, well, at least she somewhat was consistent with her principles and travelled by ocean to New York. Yep. Um, yep. Yeah. Uh, so if she wants to call for that, that's great. But um, coming back to the point that I've said a lot during this podcast, sure. provide a reasonable alternative, and then we can have that discussion.
0: Sure. No, I, I totally agree. Actually, I think that that's what she's doing: bringing attention uh, to to the environment and uh, yeah. to being more responsible. At least thinking about what you're doing when you're going somewhere and uh, makes makes a big big change so they're going to the next topic which was on the 27th of october which i believe was uh, yesterday uh it says pragmatism <coughs> versus idealism uh, climate action uh, key debate obviously we have the uh, protesters that climbing on top of the Mm. the tubes, uh, which I think is totally ridiculous Mm -hmm. on my side. I don't know. I mean, why would they do that? People are taking public transport. Why would they piss those people off? I mean, those are the people that you want to get on your side. Exactly. I think
1: it was a very poorly thought out stunt. Um, But uh, obviously, Extinction Rebellion themselves have expressed that they didn't agree to this. Afterwards, right? Yeah. this kind of stunt was pretty foolish, really. It ran the risk of alienating the public from your message when they're already largely on board with it. Yeah. Um, and the the people, yeah, instead of um, disrupting you know, everyday folk trying to go to work to earn a living to put food on their table and pay their bills. Yeah. Uh, these You need to be targeting uh, legislators, policymakers. These are the people that can make a difference. Do so, they
0: think maybe that they have to target the public so that they can help influence the uh, well, policymakers? Uh, that because, may be you know, their thinking, but yeah. I don't
1: think that's a very intelligent way of going about it because I think instead what's going to happen is actually people are just going to get pissed off and yeah. they're going to say... Well, you know, well, one was dragged off and it was almost exactly close to what they
0: do in Kenya, where they also <clears throat> kill people when they steal something, uh, you know, mob violence, basically. Mm-hmm. And it was very close from what I understand. So, yeah, I think it's just plain plain stupidity. What do you think about the guy who was blind and climbed on top of an aircraft? Uh,
1: I think that was a particularly stupid thing to do. And yeah. I think that um, anything like that that has an implication for air safety is, is completely foolish. Um, there are many other more intelligent ways to go about, um, to go about climate activism than mm-hmm. endangering the lives of people and, and um, breaching air security.
0: Yeah. Do you think that these people think that in 20 years time they're on the right side? Um,
1: when they look do they up? think that? Do Probably. Think, yeah, do yeah. I think that? Yeah. Um, they're on the right side in, in, in terms of their concern around climate change. But I don't believe that that justifies endangering people's lives, no.
0: No, okay. But obviously, there's a lot of people being arrested as well uh, here in the UK. Uh, <coughs> yeah. I think it was like the first week was 1,300 or something like that in um, mm-hmm. Uh, in the US, we have Jane Fonda being arrested uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. as well. And um, yeah, that, that, that keeps keeps going on. Do you think that arrests make a difference in people's mind? Do you think that they sympathize or do you think they are more averse to what they stand for?
1: Uh, I, th- I think there's a mixed opinion on that. But okay. um, I think that it raises, it raises the profile of the campaign mm-hmm. um, and it certainly gets the message out there, as we've seen with the Extinction Rebellion action uh, here in London recently. Yep. So... Um, no, I don't have major qualms with that, as long as it's not uh, coming back to the example of the gentleman that climbed on top of an aircraft. Yeah. Well, uh, he, w- he, he was blind. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he didn't know where he was going. <laughs> I think he would have heard the engines running. But um, <laughs> yeah, I, if, it, if you're impacting on people's safety, um, that's, that's another matter. And I don't think that that's very excusable.
0: Okay. They say uh, net zero, greenhouse gas emissions net zero by 2025. What they mean is that in just over five years, six years, no airlines uh, can uh, fly no petrol, diesel cars on the roads, no home boilers run on oil and gas. Uh,
1: I mean, it's completely and utterly ludicrous. That's (laughs) not going to happen. Um, Even if you speak to... I've spoken to people in the Green Party that just say that that's absolute madness. It's simply not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the, the issues with Extinction Rebellion, I, I identify with their message, uh, and I respect them for bringing it to the forefront of public debate. But it has an effect, doesn't it? Yeah, it does, it does. People are talking about it now, and um, we've had you know, net zero 2050 legislated here in the UK. But I want to hear from them now. The public's on board with their message. The majority of the politicians are on board with their message. I want to hear from Extinction Rebellion now. What do we need to do? Tell us your plan because mm-hmm. that's what we're not hearing from them.
0: Well, I, when I spoke to them, they said they want groups of people uh, to have a say in what is going on. So, almost like not like a leader speaking for them, like I saw in one of the articles, but they actually want groups of people having an impact on the decisions that are being made with regards to uh, sustainability and to policies, which is not a bad thing, is it?
1: No, but that's quite lacking in detail in how you're going to combat this Mm -hmm. climate crisis. Um, Groups of people making decisions, in my mind, is not a policy tool. Have an
0: influence on decision-making.
1: I want to hear from them actual policies, um, what they want to do.
0: Okay. Uh, Prince Harry just started up a uh, initiative as well for uh, green travel. He doesn't exactly say what he wants to do as well.
1: Same well, thing. Yeah, I, I, I want to hear policies from these people. Okay. Um. And, I, and I'm I'm just not hearing that.
0: Okay. Okay, but so you're going to uh, New Zealand next next month. I'm oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. going this this uh, next next week. I'm going to. Uh, vietnam myself so uh, i just wanted to know there's a uh, new plane technology and uh, there's actually one article was from matador and the other article which came out a few days later Mm -hmm. uh, was from australian uh, newspaper from your part of the world the first one said that uh, they will monitor uh, how long you spend in the bathroom and uh, they will have uh, obviously cameras tracking you in the plane uh, and uh, you know, uh, the, the alert crew of soap and toilet paper are, lo- are, are running low in the bathrooms. What, what do you think about this? They're tracking everywhere uh, you go in the plane and whatever you do, how long you're on the toilets. and uh, the other article, uh, from, from an Australian article, they were saying <coughs> cameras at the toilets just a little bit less than in the toilets, but I wouldn't be Surprised because they say that passenger faces will be blurred out. So that must mean in the toilet then.
1: Yeah, it sounds like it, doesn't it? Um, Airlines are always looking for ways to optimize their customer experience, and I suppose that's what they'd say in response to this. Um, With regards to soap and toilet paper being low... um, (laughs) Sure, I mean, great. <laughs> but, uh, but I think with, I did read that they were using cameras to be able to tell when there was a queue outside the toilet, and then and then the flight attendant's been able to redirect passengers to another so Maybe bathroom. knock on the door
0: but, and uh, say, hey, you're low on toilet paper or something like that. Yeah,
1: but in terms of using cameras to look at lines, I mean, you don't need a camera to look down the aisle of an aircraft and see there's people queuing for the bathroom. No. So um, right. I'm not so sure about that. No.
0: Okay. And then an article from uh, the New Zealand uh, Herald. Mm, yes. you're yeah. Familiar with that one? Yeah, I'm sure you are. <laughs> it says the no-fly uh, list because some people are being banned from from flying. And I'm surprised this is in the New Zealand uh, Herald. Uh, yeah. It says do not hit a flight attendant.
1: Well, that's that's a given. I mean, I'm not surprised about. That. <laughs> is that what you
0: do a lot there in New Zealand? You have to <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. Here, New Zealand's a fantastic airline. Okay. And for hotel rooms, do not trash your hotel room.
1: I suppose that means I. I I'm guessing that that means often when you transit, for example, if you fly on uh, Emirates via Dubai, often you have an eight hour transit, they give you a hotel room. Mm -hmm. I suppose if you trashed it, that could get you on the no fly list. I'm not sure. I'm guessing okay. that's what yeah, that no, means. Fair enough.
0: And, and do not leave a loaded gun in your rental car, it says as well. Is that, is that something that you do in New Zealand? Or?
1: Well, we're just having a massive arms buyback scheme in New Zealand, so we won't be able to do that for much longer. So
0: people are, are they can buy arms if they want to in New Zealand? Uh, just like in America? Formally, different we had
1: that very tragic event of a large shooting yeah, in Christchurch. Christchurch so yeah. in response to that, we've had a large um, gun buyback scheme to take uh, firearms... Um, basically off the market or most of them especially semi-automatics yeah. yeah makes a difference you think Uh well I think if you look at um, the example of the Howard government in Australia when they had their shooting they did the same thing and it did make a difference so yeah
0: yeah yeah Hmm. That, that, that's good. That's good. I think they should take note as well in America. Mm. Um, then, last topic, space. Uh, it's getting a uh, funding boost from different sides around the world. Mm. But there's also ethical questions. There's two sides of it. One uh, side says, well, money, uh, that, that's thrown around. Uh, yeah. and space travel can be used for other things, but they say that about a lot of things. And they say that about the oil houses around the world as well, that, that money can be used for something else. But um, That's one thing. And they say that, uh, you know, uh, that uh, that obviously there's a lot of uh, debris and a lot of uh, rubbish in space as well. That should be um, uh, addressed. And they should think about other things first, uh, such as global warming, before they think about uh, happily living on another planet. That's one side of it. The other side of it is that we say, well, we cannot afford not to do it. A lot of technology coming out of it. Um, a lot of space technology being used and being uh, uh, put in um, other uh, nav vehicles uh, for one, uh, obviously satellites are being used uh, for climate projections. What, how do you, what's your standpoint on that?
1: I'm, uh, I'd lean more towards the argument that says that money can be better spent elsewhere. Um, <clears throat> this is essentially an argument of prioritising funding, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, uh, where where do we put our funding? And I think that climate has a greater priority than space ex- exploration at this point in time. Um, really? Yep. Yeah. It yeah. surprises me, really. really? Uh, I was, was
0: thinking differently. For me, yeah, yeah. No, no, yeah.
1: no. I think that um, yeah. that uh, we definitely need to be putting more funding into technology and innovation in the climate space. Um,
0: Does the, the technology not come from space uh, <clears throat> space exploration? In the past, a lot of it has uh, trickled down to. Uh, more efficient vehicles?
1: Um. Um, well, I, I'm not entirely sure to the, down to the finite details what technology comes from space and what doesn't in mm-hmm. regards to technology combating climate change. Mm-hmm. But, um, if, for example, the uh, reverse carbon engineering, so the idea that you extract carbon from the atmosphere sure. using um, technology as opposed to nature-based solutions like trees, yep. um, a, a carbon capture and then using that as fuels so that you have a, a, a carbon neutral fuel essentially or even just extracting carbon out of the atmosphere and storing it so that we can um, turn the trends in the opposite direction and reduce CO2. Yep. This is a technology that's already in existence. It's being trialled in, um, in uh, British Columbia in Canada, I believe. Okay, uh, BC, yeah. Financed by Bill Gates. Um these, th- this is a kind of technology that's very expensive at the moment, but it could have a huge role to play in tackling cl- climate change. I'd love to see some funding go into initiatives like this. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I think about do we fund space exploration or do we fund climate, um, I think we need to be focusing on climate and innovation. both maybe? Or? Yeah, potentially, sure. But sure. Um, I think that we need to put more money into uh, technology solutions to climate change.
0: OK, that's fair enough. That, that makes total sense. So that was Patrick Hall. Very happy to have you here. Yeah,
1: thank you very much for having me, Peter.
0: Is there anything you would like to uh, to plug? Perhaps anything that you would like to...
1: Oh, not at the moment. If you'd got me on in a, in a few more weeks, I might have. <laughs> <laughs> but oh, no, not right now. Well, it was a pleasure having you. Thank you so you much. For thank here. you, Peter.
0: All right, cheers. Okay, so that was Patrick. It was great to have Patrick in the studio and a a lot of food for thought, I would say. Tune in next time to a Travel Companion podcast with This Week in Sustainable Travel.